Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message by Reverend Albert Okran. And so on our main menu tonight, we are saying that a number of businesses we see or the number of career opportunities being created today did not exist 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and in some instances, even five years ago. Opportunities are being created through businesses in new industries or variations of existing ones. Today, we find that a number of graduates are defying the odds and breaking grounds in new areas or setting up ventures that veer away from the traditional career path. They are opening up new spaces and then pointing others in these new directions. And so we have created a show called The Apostles of the New Economy. And last week we started with eight different people doing interesting things that we thought the world should know about. We are using this platform as our custom to put out these success stories or these imagine giants so we can look at them and encourage them in their work and very importantly raise many more such people. And so last week we put out a number of winners or a number of what we call apostles or pace setters of the new economy. Today on Springboard we are hosting two of them and we'll have two of them join us along the line. I have in the studio Fred Digby of Heal the World and then I also have in the studio AC Cleland Youngson, sorry, AC Cleland Youngson of Afro Chic. I'm going to be finding out from them what it is that they are doing and what are the critical success factors, how they have gotten to be where they are today. Who knows? Somebody listening tonight may just be able to latch onto something that would make your idea also a reality. Fred and AC, good evening. Welcome to Springboard. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good to uh, see you both. Friends. And I just am excited about what you are doing. We're excited to be here. Right. And so let's, 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 let me start, even before I go into what you do, let me ask you that question that I'm asking tonight from our SMS Academy. We have this academy that is literally run only by SMS. And so people, thousands of people subscribe and every day we send them one tip. The idea is that little by little, knowledge can change your life. And so every day we just send them one tip they can add. And it's from one of our seminars, the question that came up, what would you do if you got a big order, far bigger? It was inspired by an experience of some Ghanaian exporters who went to the U.S. and met the Walmarts of this life. And they are taking very nice samples of cane products. And when they met the Walmarts of this life, they sat down and said, okay, so 60,000 of this particular sample, how much, uh, how soon can you deliver? Mm. <laughs> and these people whose highest quantity was about 200 mm. or 300, mm. and, and, and they came back with nothing because they just couldn't conceive what it took to deliver 60,000. And so let's start with that one. Fred, what will you do? About how many shoes do you... <laughs> <laughs> what will you do? Like, let, let me look into that. What will you do if someone gave you an order for a year's products and wanted it in a month? This, this question, this question. <laughs> why is this the first question you asked? <laughs> Don't you have any other questions to warm us up? Um, what would I do? I would um, tell the person that uh, because our brand is more interested in quality and delivering on quality, we will be able to deliver, but we will not be able to deliver it in the time frame that he has given us. If they really think our brand 
our brand is special enough and the quality is worth the wait, then they will wait and they will not be disappointed mm-hmm. when we when we deliver. Fred, these are these are uniforms for their staff, I understand. and they want it to start the brand new year. Think about it. Let me go to you, Isi. What will you do if somebody just... I mean, you go to church and you pray and you say, God, this year, I'm sure you're praying for 2014 yes. that God will bless you. Let's say that he decides <laughs> to answer the prayer and somebody walks in and gives you 20,000 uniforms. What will you do? Afro-chic. Yes, Afro-chic. <laughs> well, <laughs> it depends on where the order is coming from. Right. Really. Um, yes, would be... Any businessman would be excited to get an order from Walmart, um, but but for us, um, our, our focus has always been Africa. You know, we we've always said that there are billions of people in Africa with needs. So, um, I think that we by by serving those needs, we are going to make a lot of money, maybe as much money as Walmart makes today. And so I wouldn't be too concerned about um, rushing to fulfill that order from Walmart. What I would be concerned about is ramping up, even if it takes us 20 years, right? Because it's, it, the, the business is three years old. It, it, you don't go from zero to, you know, a year's worth of orders. Um, it takes time to build. It takes time to build the kind of processes, the kinds of expertise that you need to be able to consistently, because remember, it's not just the one time, right? So you can rush and, and deliver this one time, but it's the consistency. It's, you know, can you do this over and over and over again? And so I would be more concerned about building those kinds of processes and building those kinds of systems that enable us to, to be able to maybe get there in 10 years rather than um, and, and I think the market is there. Walmart can go today. We can lose it today. But Africa is here. Okay, so let's say it's an African <laughs> African opportunity. Let's say it's an African opportunity. I, th- I would think you, that's, that's, would that's you, would you would you turn your back on? Would you be bold enough to say let it go if you found out that the the delivery date is non negotiable? Yeah, I think that if we can't, you know, if you, if you, if you're not ready for it, then you, there's really um, you, you have to let it go. But I think it's you should always keep at the back of your mind what kind of company are you trying to become. And for us, from the beginning, we've we've always wanted to be big and to be to become global. And so every day we're thinking, you know, how can we go from a thousand to a million? How can we go from a million to to you know ten million? So it's it's definitely where we want to go. We are not there today. I wouldn't say that if if we got an order today, we we could fulfill it. We couldn't. Um, but it's 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 where we are. You know, striving to get. So you have one more thing to pray about from tonight. <laughs> All right. So welcome, welcome us again, um, Fred and Isi. That was just to give you a sense of some of the things that, as we begin to expand, we begin to grow, we begin to look global along the global lines. These are some of the questions that will be coming up. But let's start with what you do, Fred. What exactly is heal the world? It's it sounds almost like a healing and be, and, and because you're a preacher's son, mm-hmm. when I hear heal the world, it almost sounds evangelistic. Tell yes. me, what is heal the world? Yes, um, I guess you could say um, heal yes. the world is my ministry. <laughs> <laughs> it's my own ministry since my father is a, a pastor. So shout out to Reverend Fred Digby. <laughs> um, so heal the world. Um, heal the world is a high end social enterprise, and we make high end bespoke men's shoes. And we try and use resources to empower people who want to start their own businesses. Um, it began a few years ago when 
I went out to Osu to go buy a pair of shoes, and a uh, uh, shoe shine boy walking by the boutique. I chased him and asked him, "Ubit my Papa, can you make these shoes here?" And he said, "No." And I asked a few more of my friends, my educated friends, "Oh, can we make these shoes here?" And they said, "No, it's impossible." And this is when it struck me that um, the issue has never been the shoemaker or the people. It's just been the mindset of um, we have an issue with um, we doubt ourselves when it comes to the quality of stuff that can come out of Africa. So um, at around the same time, uh, a, a gentleman called Vijay Menu, who is now my business partner, approached me and we began this, discussing this idea of making some these shoes you know that cost thousands of pounds and if it becomes really big what are we going to do we, we said oh we want to help other people also have birth big global companies and so that's where the name heal the world came from because it's heal spelled h double e l um for shoes and then the world because we want it to be a global company so that's heal the world in a nutshell so give me an idea about um, since you set out to heal the world as mm -hmm. it were or to make shoes mm -hmm. beyond the inspiration provided in Osu by the shoe shine boy mm -hmm. what happened next um, at the time I was working in a bank and um, uh, this was in 2010 I think 2010 when the World Cup had uh, I think Ghana went to a World Cup and we we're very excited and um, so I started doing my groundwork on um, find, trying to find shoemakers, trying to find leather, and so on and so forth. And it, uh, I've come to learn that everything is in Ghana. You just have to be able to, you just have to really look for it and um, be willing to go to places that people are not willing <laughs> to go to get what you need to get. Um, so we, I did it part-time. I started Heal the World part-time uh, whilst I was in the bank. And my business partner was also in university. But within 11 months, we had to, I had to resign from the bank because the, the business had outgrown a side job. There was so much potential um, and so many commendations coming from people who were proud that, oh, we have a Ghanaian brand that wants to compete with Louis Vuitton and Hermes and Prada and Gucci. Because um, I think it's time. The same way we wish our black stars to go to Brazil and win the win the world cup we also want our Ghanaian brands to also be you know major players on the on the world stage so um i resigned 11 months into heal the world and i've been doing heal the world full-time since january 2012 um started off with vj and i and now we've employed shoemakers creative directors accountants and um it's been going well it's been going well let me rewind and, and, and find out what, what, what course you did in the university. I did business administration at right. HS University, finished in 2006. So no background in fashion or design whatsoever. But I thought it would make a, a better story. You Interesting. Know. So what, what, what department were you working in the bank? Service quality management. <laughs> Basically, you check I guess that's and that, processes. Yeah. That is very relevant to what you're doing yes, now. Yes, it is. It is. It, uh, the funny thing is when I was in the bank, um, uh, one of the senior managers actually said I was um, causing financial loss to the bank because they, I think they didn't know what to do with me or my department, you know. And um, I remember him saying it loud one time during lunch. Uh, it was a public place and people laughed and I just kept quiet because I knew that whatever the bank wasn't going, was it, the bank didn't see what they had given me. 
but I knew I would I had to use it anyways. So right. if the bank didn't want my services, Hill the world would use my uh, would need my services and it has helped me several years down the line. There's a light in your eyes whenever you say heal the world. It's almost like a passion that you, 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 you want to drive to completion. I'm going to come to you. What, what drives you? What, what keeps you awake at night? Let me cross over to you. Is you make clothes. Yes. Afrit chic. Yes, Afro chic. Chic. Let me get it right. Afro chic. Yes. Afro chic. Yes, Afro chic. Inspiration. Where did it come from? Inspiration. Actually, uh, for us, it came from. Uh, a desire to solve our own problems. So Afrochic was actually started by two of us um, and both of us were, t- were scientists. So we came from a very science engineering background and um, we had both schooled abroad and then came back home and we were looking for clothes. So when maybe, you know, we're in our first job. Now help me out. Engineering. Yes. As in mechanical, chemi- <laughs> mechanical, chemical. I actually studied physics. Uh, for my undergrad and medical physics for my master's degree and my business partner um, her, her background was in IT so she had studied computer science and, and had gone on to uh, program for Goldman Sachs uh, so we're very very you know uh, more of engineers than, than anything else and we came back um, and I think when when we were in school one of the things that kept coming up is that you 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 get an education so that you can solve your own problems and so we came back and we were looking for clothes um you know nice clothes that we could afford being in our first second jobs we didn't we didn't yet have you know a lot of money and we couldn't find it right we found a lot of boutiques that were selling high-end clothes and it, it just wasn't made for us um and so we said well this is a problem um how do we solve this problem? Because we're not the only ones who have this problem. And we really also looked at it more from a... That it's not just AC and Adra problem, but that it's a Ghanaian problem, right? It's a Ghanaian problem when um, you can't find any shop that a young professional can walk into and be able to afford the goods in there. Um, and everything else is imported. And because it's imported, the price is, is, is just not a solution that we came up with. And so we, right. we sought about to, to see if, you know, if Africans wanted to clothe themselves, would that be possible? Right. Yeah. So Afrochic was born. Yes. So uh, how many years is this since you, you've been working? Uh, it's been, Afrochic has been around for four years. We've been doing it for three years full time. Right. So, a couple of engineers, yes. scientists, <laughs> came together to make clothes, and the banker. The, the banker and the and the the administrator also began to make shoes. Would you call this professional disconnect or something? Uh, I um... <laughs> no, I, I I actually think that this is this is exactly what needs to be happening. Right. Uh, the reason that a lot of our industries have not advanced as much as they should is because we've left them to artisans. Right, and so, and a lot of times they have the the kind of skill. craft skills. They can make you a dress. They can make you a basket. But when you need to take it to not just fulfilling individual orders, but you, as you are saying, um, if Walmart comes and says, you know, you have to make a million pieces of this thing, the artisans often don't have the skills to take that, you know, craft that they have and elevate it to a business. 
But every business sells something. So whether it is clothing or shoes or credit cards or um, um, what do you call it? What does MTN sell? The, the scratch cards. Right. It's something that you're selling. And so how do you take that thing which the craft person can make and, and make it into the kind of business that then becomes global. To do that, you need you need a person like an engineer, a scientist, or somebody who's really going to put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about family, family, orienting family, bringing family alignment between your vision and the thoughts of your family. Surely there must have been some resistance, some response, mm-hmm. some concern at least about the career path you were pursuing. Just for the benefit of those who are listening and saying, I want to do something, but I just don't know how I can share this with my parents or my loved ones. Tell me, was there any challenge with the Reverend? Um, so, first and foremost, I know every parent wants their children to do well. That's the bottom line. They might prefer a specific um, you know, profession, but I think regardless of which profession, they want you to be the best in it. If it's your shoes then make shoes. If it is cocoa, then be cocoa king. If it is trash, be zoom lion. And um, I have that, I know that's what they want from me. And I, I did give it a go at the bank. It just wasn't working out. And um, so I didn't complain. I just put that negative energy into starting Heal the World. And I didn't tell my parents so much about it. Not because they would say, what are you going to do with these shoes? But I wanted it to reach a certain level where they knew I was serious. You know, let's talk more action. So I think 11, I mean, a few months down the line, they started hearing things themselves. Some of their friends were approaching them. They've seen this thing on TV. They've seen this, and they didn't know. And so when that happens, your parents know, no, no, this this thing is serious. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily tell people, get up and follow your passion, because it was the bank, it was my savings from the bank that actually helped us finance the business in the first place. So sometimes you have to do what you don't want to do to get what you want to get. You know, right. you have to, you have, but you have to have a long term, you have to have a long term goals, but you need to just be able to be patient and, um, use any free time you have on your hobby. If your hobby takes off and becomes a profession, then, then you are in luck. Um, so the parents, by the time I resigned, I'd already bought machines. I'd, I'd hijacked some shoemakers come to the house. They knew I was, I like I was the word serious. <laughs> I was serious. So yeah, just uh, let your parents. Your parents have to see your seriousness. They right. don't have, you don't have to tell them you are serious. Mm. Right. You have to see it. Right. And they might be more accommodating. Let's talk more action. Mm. Sometimes you have to do what you don't want to do to get what you want to do. Mm. All right, let's let's run out from you. Did, did you deal with any inertia, resistance, mm. peculiar situations? I actually regret the way that I handled mine. Mm. I didn't tell them. Uh, at the time, I, I wasn't living with my parents. I lived on my own. And so I just... You know, quit my job and started this business and just didn't tell them. Um, I think I had broached the subject of, you know, leaving my job and starting something and, and, and had sensed some resistance on their end. So I just went ahead and did it. Um, I, I reg- as I said, I regret. With the, the benefit w- of hindsight. Yes, with the benefits of hindsight. I think I was, if I had been more mature, I would have. Um, spent a longer time getting them to really understand what it was that I wanted to do because uh, um, now that I'm doing it and, and, and now that they understand it completely, I actually um, benefit a lot 
from from their support. And you know, my mom also owns a business, and my dad has also had a, a long history in business. So now, when I go, I go and talk to them, and I enjoy the fact that they are involved. Right. Uh, and so, and so, if I were to do it again, or I were to advise somebody about how to go about it, I think. Um, sometimes young people, we are in a rush. We we want what we want, and we want it now. Mm. But but um, leadership doesn't happen that way. That you to to really to to attain anything or to get something, you don't bulldoze your way through it. You have to bring all the stakeholders. You mm. have to engage them in conversation until such a time when you know you've 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 done enough work that there won't be that resistance. And I think we need to really um, open ourselves up to that because a lot of times we just want to do it we just want to do it but I know. Uh, there's, a, there's a better way to do it right it is 29 minutes past the hour of 7 this is Springboard of Virtual University I, I have the honor and the privilege of hosting Fred Digby and Isikel Youngson in the studio tonight as we look at Heal the World and Afro Chic and I'm learning from them the way they migrated from their professional endeavors or their backgrounds into what they are doing now and it's an interesting story of of serious migration and and I'm sure that for somebody listening tonight it answers a very major question for you but also provides you with tools to deal with that migration or that transition should there be a need to work with stakeholders this is telling us how to work with them patiently not just jumping because you feel it in your heart apart from your heart there must also be a plan to work with the stakeholders to make the move Fred do you regret Oh, no, 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 no. This is, uh, like I said in the beginning, this is my ministry. Um, the more time goes on and the deeper I get in the business, I, I find out that it's, this is what I was supposed to do. Um, the mission behind the, the business, you know, I've always been fascinated with when I travel. And somebody says, where, where are you from? And I say, I'm from Ghana. I want to show them something that's like, wow, you know, and... Um, I feel like I'm in that industry, this thing I'm doing. So, no regrets. Do you, so, do you sometimes find yourself trying to prove a point? Oh, not, not, that is why I started the business. And I think even though the business is just a few years old, we've, we, I can, I, I see, I see it is, I think we've proven a point. We haven't gotten to where we want to get, but I think we are proving the point as we speak that um, world-class craftsmanship can come from Africa. After you make the point, where will, where, will, where will the motivation come from? The next motivation come from? I will help others prove their prove a point, make a point. That's what I want to do. After I'm, I've been able to achieve what the company um, sets out to do, I can, you know, open make up. Make it happen for other people. Make it happen for other people. You see, there's, there's this social angle to what you both do, mm-hmm. that, that passion. You both call what you're doing social enterprises. Educate me. What, what is a social enterprise and why, why the social angle? Mm. <laughs> well, uh, what is a social enterprise? That one, yeah, Fred. <laughs> okay. Um, I think it's when, when a business has been set out to battle a social issue mm. a specific social issue um, um, sometimes it might be mental, sometimes it might be business sometimes it might be for a special cause so we, uh, Afro Chic and mm. HCW or Heal the World both started 
not primary, not just not solely for business, but also to solve a, a, a social problem. A social yeah, problem. That, that's true. So, so for example, for us, right? Um, even though we're a clothing business, the problem that we're really trying to solve is a problem of poverty. Right. Mm. Um, so, um, we, we look around us and we're overwhelmingly poor. I grew up at Ashalibutri and the place remains the same. Like you go 10 years and you come back and it's still the same. And the people that I grew up with, they are still where they, they, they were. They didn't go to the university with me. They didn't go abroad. And it's like you come back and it's still the same. Right? So as somebody who has gone to school and they tell you that all oh, this education is supposed to help you to solve your problems, the overwhelming problem that I see around me is poverty. And one of the sustainable ways out of poverty is through entrepreneurship. And so for us, doing Afrochic and, and trying to build a business that becomes big and global is our way of elevating Africa, right? So to say, this is how jobs are created. This is how, you know, other people from elsewhere make money. So would you say you started solving the problem of poverty now or you are aiming at doing it when you become big? No, I think I think we solve the you, you solve the problem one one clothing sold at a time. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm going to find out whether it's by giving the money out or giving people a cheaper alternative that you solve the problem of poverty. It's 27 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. There are a couple of apostles we want to bring on to. And, I, and please, my, forgive me when I use the word apostles. I'm just talking about pace setters in the new economy. I'm going to bring a couple of them more on the show tonight. But before that, let me take a brief commercial break and acknowledge MTN, which also believes in the can-do spirit. So maybe tonight, this show is just about that belief that everyone has in themselves something that can help them. 25 minutes to the hour of 8 o'clock. This is Springboard, your virtual university. And tonight, we are doing what we call the apostles of the new economy. A couple of friends of ours who are doing amazing things and we are just inspired by what they are doing. And we are showcasing their work as a way of, of challenging other people that, listen, you may study one course in the university or another, but there's a dream in your heart. If it is there, please pursue it. Do not fear, and the Lord will be your helper. So, Kwamina Ekremit, on the subject of what should we set aside in the year 2014, what old wineskins should we throw away? He says, not learning and not having a teachable spirit. Learning brings about growth and teachability. So, he thinks these are the ones that we should we should set aside. George Aquamorgan says, watching every single movie that hits the box office and not studying from the beginning of the semester and rather waiting till exams. I regret. Well, he's talking about his regrets, the things that he thinks we should set aside. Chrissy Afrani says, lateness and corruption must be pulled aside. If you are listening tonight, what is it that you think we must set aside in order to seize the opportunities in the year 2014. Emmanuel Cancer says we need to stop procrastination and adhere to time management. If Okwami advice is I've learned so much from your guests and I wish to get in touch with Mr. Digby. He is really a gem. Right. And so these are these are your thoughts. I beg your pardon. If you have your own thoughts about what we should be setting aside in the year 2014. You want to get in touch with us 1422 across networks. WhatsApp 0244340437, and we will be happy to share it to the world or post your comments on Facebook. There is Papayao Ajay of Prem Media Publishing. 
and I'm going to be asking Papa Yawaji what he is doing with online publishing. I have him on the line, another apostle of the new economy. Papa Yaw, good, good evening. Good evening, sir. How are you? Call me Albert. I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Yourself? I'm learning every day. It's, it's just a wonderful experience to be interfacing with the, the pace setters in this, this new economy. Tell me about Prem Media um, Publishing and what you do. Prem Media Publishing is uh, a publishing um, company. What we basically do is we publish magazines, digital magazines. Um, our concept is to take magazines, print magazines, which we usually read by um, PayPal or maybe newspapers or maybe e-books, for example, and we publish them on the various uh, application stores, that is Apple and Google and Kindle, maybe Amazon, um, whichever um, one is available. Uh, our, what we want to do is we, we, we realize that there is a very, very big mobile penetration in Ghana and Africa as a whole. Um, so instead of us using all this paper to print magazines, we need to utilize the, uh, the available options that we have, which is uh, digital, which is the tablets, the smartphones available to us. Uh, so we will basically put the magazines on there so people can download them and um, have, have a look um, on there for, for free. So that's basically what we do. Um, Papaya, how, so how do you get, how do you get paid for, for the work that you do? Um, well, the, we get paid through um, the companies who want to create the magazines. Um, so for example, if you're a magazine company and you want your, your, your already existing uh, published uh, publish magazine to go onto the app store, you pay us and we design it and we create it and we publish it on there for you. So that's how we get paid. We also have our own magazines which we have published. Um, we currently have one in the UK uh, by the name of New People Magazine and we are establishing another one in Ghana as we speak uh, by the name of Reflect Africa Magazine. So uh, that will be out in February and um, obviously we can make money off there as well through advertising. Give me a sense of who typically patronizes your products. Is it the Ghanaian public? How has been the response in Ghana? Uh, the response in Ghana has been good. Um, because we are, we've just started, we are just beginning to build up momentum. But the response has been very good as far as the people we've spoken to and the people who have come across uh, the work that we've done. Um, we do believe that it is something that is very needed because, like I said, we have a very big mobile penetration. Everywhere you go, everyone's got a mobile phone, a tablet, um, so we want, we want to be able to give people uh, their media uh, on the go instead of having to print on paper, which obviously isn't very good for the, uh, the environment continually. Um, so it is basically uh, patronized to everyone, everyone in general, because we all have smartphones nowadays. One of the themes that we are exploring is how to lead in a bold digital economy. And so we are very excited about the fact that you are creating products that run on mobile telephony. But just before you go, so as you build this, this momentum, what is the one big lesson that you have learned that you can share with our listeners? One big lesson I've learned is togetherness. I think we need to be able to work together. Um, there is a little bit too much of people wanting to do things by themselves, wanting to be, uh, say, the, the, the big person in town. I think we, we, it's, it's very important that we work together as startup companies especially and for Africa in general because um, that is the only way we can, we can be stronger. If, we, if we're working together, we have uh, a lot of people to kind of bring ideas in together. We can do a better job by working together. Um, so I think that's one thing that we really need to do. We need to unite, work together as people 
and uh, make sure that we're doing everything, not just for the money, for the, but for the betterment of the, the country and as a people, as, as a whole. So I think that's, that's very important. Well, I want to say thank you to you, Payal, and I look forward to interacting with you a bit more, and I wish Prem Media Publishing the very best. Thank you very much. Right. So this is the apostles of the new economy on Springboard of Virtual University. We just shared some interaction with Papayao Ajay of Prem Media Publishing. He's talking about collaborating. And AC and, 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 and Fred, mm-hmm. I see the two of you are chatting and, and, and comparing notes. Do, do, do you know each other already? Oh, yes. AC, AC and I, um, Afushike and HEW have a, a business and personal relationship. Um, we've we did a photo shoot with um, Afrochic about two years ago um, when we introduced our beats. We have these black and gold beats called empowerment beats, and um, we wanted to use Afrochic as a model. Um, and so AC was uh, one of our models at the time. Actually, we had a whole um, photo shoot for Afrochic. So you're working together? Yes, but. Okay, so because that's the point that. That's the point that um, that Papaya was making that mm-hmm. even in, at the primary stages of our businesses, mm-hmm. there's something we can do together mm-hmm. that will be mutually beneficial. Mm-hmm. Let me raise um, Israela Kafri Mansu of MGL Naturals on the line and find out what she is also doing. It's just a, 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 an interesting selection of different people doing exciting stuff. Israela, good evening. Good evening, Albert. Oh, please call me Albert. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Right. So, MGL Naturals, what, what is it exactly that you are doing and adding value to this, our wonderful country called Ghana? Okay. First of all, MGL Naturals means most gorgeous look. And then what we do is that we produce all natural body and hair care products from bath soaps, um, body butters, and then hair pomade. What actually happened was that um, MGL Naturals all started late 2009 um, after my national service as being a teacher. And then at that time, I identified high rates of unemployment and lack of vocational training among Ghanaian youth. And so I decided to start creating jobs and providing sustainable on-job vocational uh, training. So I started very little from my kitchen, and then today we are so happy about it. So let's find out, um, who are the consumers, the typical consumers of your products? MTN Naturals has a product for each member of the family, but then um, at the moment our leading product is our hair pomade, and so I should say women are uh, our number one customers right now, including uh, people working in the uh, beauty industries. Israel, I'm curious about, about your background in terms of education, just to give some perspective to this discussion. What, what is your background? Um, I studied uh, consumer science and psychology from the University of Ghana. And so the psychologist is, is producing body care products, the the banker and the administrator is, is, is producing shoes, the engineer is producing <laughs> is producing clothes. I didn't ask Papaya what, what he did, but I just I just like the combination. What has been um what has been the one big lesson that you have learned, um, Israela, from what you have done? Um the biggest lesson so far um to me um I believe it's uh, 
the ability to create opportunities uh, for myself. I came uh, across a number of challenges. So the uh, for me being able to overcome those challenges and then uh, create unemployment today that uh, is creating uh, financial support for um, a number of employees, I think has been my greatest achievement. And we are proud of you right here on Springboard. You know something? You have a minute and the whole world is listening to you, Israel. Tell them where to find MGL Naturals products and what they should look out for. Tell, tell them. Tell them why they should buy your products. You have a sales pitch. Oh, the whole world is listening. <laughs> okay. Thank you for this opportunity. MGL Naturals has black soap that treats and prevents minor skin problems. We have body butter that preserves and enhance the uh, natural skin tone. And then uh, our uh, number one product, MGN Natural Coconut Oil and Shea Butter Hair Pomade. This um, hair pomade is being one that is so great for the natural hair, being it virgin, relaxed, or locked. Uh, so I would um, love you all to get to mtlnatural.com and get our contact from there. And in Ghana, Makola, Ukaishi, our products are all over the market. But in a total, the Spinters will first try to do the care of the Spinters. Is that how you are? <laughs> No, I just, I, I just, I, I, I'm excited about the response. It was just a little, a little teaser to see. Okay, so what else, what do you have on the market? And I like the way you have intensified your advertisement. All right, so congratulations, Israel. I'm sure that everyone listening will go straight to go and buy MGL Natural Products. We wish you well, and we, 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 we just celebrate all of you right here on the show. It's just a way of seeing that all these emerging opportunities are just a sign of what people can do if they stop looking outside for help and look at what they can do with their God-given talent. Congratulations, Israela. Thank you. Right, so let me come back to my studio. and to, I, have, I have right here in the studio, AC and Fred, who have been with us at, since the turn of the hour. We're looking at how to, the, the apostles of the new economy, what is different, what we can learn from some of these tourists and how we can go out there and live out our dreams. Surely, um, there must be some difficult moments that you face that may have tempted you to to give up fred you, you told the story so well but have, has there been times when you just wondered what you've gotten yourself into yeah s- several times actually um i don't think a long t- a few weeks ago my dad told me about a he gave a sermon on um joseph um jesus's father and he spoke about all the things that happened to Jesus and um, Joseph being on the outside and he said that if Joseph knew all these things were going to happen he probably wouldn't have allowed Mary to um, get away with <laughs> uh, 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 you know all that happened and um, right now in the business so much has happened um, but it has shaped me it's either going to make you or it's going to break you and um, I can't go back <laughs> I can't go back. So quitting is really not an option for me. If anything, diversifying, um, merging, doing something, you know, but quitting is not uh, an option. I think one of the listeners also spoke about learning and unlearning. And it's something that happens in business all the time. And um, you have a plan, but somewhere down the line, um, light off and so many things happen that are not in the plan. And you need to roll with it. And um, 
put your hope in God. <laughs> you know, right. it, it works out. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so you see, there are a number of graduates listening out there. The numbers in terms of unemployment are quite staggering. Yeah. And among graduates, it does not portend well. I mean, when you look at the numbers, it's quite scary. Mm. And it's not like um, when you look across the world, you find that some of the so-called advanced countries are grappling with the same number, the same mm. issues that we are dealing with. So your help cannot come from anywhere because you need to find <laughs> your own solutions. Yes. What would you say to somebody listening who has taken a, a course in the university and is unemployed and is confused? Hmm. I'll say um, find something that you care about. So um, if there's any issue that you, 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 you care about, then find a company that is, is, is looking to address that issue. Um, coming right from the university, I'm not sure that you, the best option would be to go and start your own company because it, you also have to learn. You have to save money. That's all. If, even if you want to start your own business, that becomes the, the, your seed um, funding. So I'll say find a company that is doing something that you care about and then join them and, and in, in attempting to solve or, or the problem that you care about, you will learn skills. And then I think if you always go in the direction of you know, things that you care about. I, people talk about passion and my understanding of passion is not the thing that you enjoy doing today, but the thing that you care about. Now, if you care enough about something, after spending five years on it, you realize that you get good. And then when you get good, then it becomes interesting and exciting. And then people, the people talk about passion, but I don't think passion is, is, is just that you enjoy it. Passion is that you care about it. Uh, but after you spent enough hours on anything, you, you become really good and then the fun starts. Uh, so I think find something that you care about, commit enough time to getting good at it, and then you'll find that you'll be able to come up with novel solutions and things that you, you didn't, you, you can't imagine at the time that you start. Because mm. uh, I'm really enjoying business now, uh, and you know, at the time that I started the business, I was a blogger, you know, and everybody would have looked at me and said, you know, that your passion is blogging. But I didn't care about the blogging in the same way that I cared about this clothing problem that we have. And now after four years in it, I enjoy it, you know, 10 times more than I ever enjoyed the book. And, and it's, it's, you know, you learn so much and you add so much to yourself that I think um, just go in the direction of things that you care about. Mm. Things that you care about. Mm. So that's a clue about what kind of business you can go into. Let me remind you that this is Springboard, your virtual university. It's the place where dreams become reality. The place where we showcase the finest of Ghana, the things that are breaking, the things that are happening that we should know about. And as you listen tonight, it is just possible that a dream that you had given up on could come alive again because all things are possible to him that believes. Tonight, as we... <clears throat> As you talk about this on this platform, I'm reminded that there's 20 more days till we set off from Bulga on what has become the most notable roadshow in the whole of Africa. Because even as the year draws to a close or a new year begins, the messages start pouring out from different African countries about the Springboard Roadshow. Yes, because in 2011, we went to Gambia and to Nigeria. We left behind a number of alumni who are still clamoring for us to come back there again. Right, and so Springboard 2014. Let me say thank you to a few corporate partners that are putting this Springboard 2014 together. I want to say thank you to PZ Cousins, to Starlight 
Life Assurance to All Time Capital, Zenith Bank, Fun Milk Star Assurance, Rankard Solutions, Omega Capital, Axis Pension Trust, Yep Cleaning Services, Arthur Energy Advices, Safina Water, Joy FM, The Business and Financial Times, Multi TV, The Finder, and Graphic Communications. We have a lineup of other partners that we will be introducing as we go along. But let me remind you also, this is Springboard, your virtual university, brought to you by MTN, the nation's number one network, and Echo Bank, the Pan-African Bank. I'm going to take a brief musical break, when I, a commercial break. When I come back, Fred will give me three things that we should take, take and put in our wallet as we go home. And AC will give us her three, and we'll compare notes and see what are the three most important things that we can carry away from these two wonderful young people. Please don't go away. Ah, oh, this is so sweet. After all these years together, you know me so well. You know when I'm in the mood to talk or when I'd rather chat online or share silly text messages. You're the best. Mwah. Thank you for this unique offer. It's so just for me. Because you are so unique. Dial star 515 hush for your unique offer. MTN just for you. Uniquely yours. MTN, welcome to the new world. Hear ye, hear ye. Free gifts to be had. Use rapid transfer from EchoBank this festive season to transfer money and you and the recipient will both get a free gift. Both of us? Yes. A gift for the sender and a gift for the recipient. Until when? The festive season for EchoBank rapid transfer is extra long this year. Up until 31st of January 2014. Now that's the holiday spirit. Send and receive money using EchoBank rapid transfer this festive season. EchoBank, the Pan-African Bank. Terms and conditions apply. My name is Professor Ajuman Akosa, and I'm a big fan of Springboard. I want to urge all of you that get onto the Springboard Roadshow. It's something that I myself will want to be a student of. This world is dynamic. Everybody has got to reposition yourself. You have got to make yourself relevant in every facet of your life. Get onto the Springboard Roadshow and your life might just not be the same again. Amen to that. And that is from Professor Ajiman Bedou Akusa, urging you to be part of the Springboard Roadshow. And indeed, he himself will also be on the Roadshow in 2014. Let me remind you to keep your conversations going with MTN and Tuswa. Now, each time you top up with any MTN recharge voucher, you get free minutes to enjoy longer conversations, no subscriptions required, no long things. Just top up today and enjoy your free minutes on the go with MTN and Tuswa. Your bonus minutes can be used for MTN to MTN calls only. So go on. Keep the conversations going. Welcome to the new world, MTN, everywhere you go. Tonight on the virtual university, my two guests, Fred Digby and AC Cleland Youngson. We are talking about the new economy. Fred, if somebody's listening tonight, what three critical success factors should they carry away with them? Three. Okay. One. Only three out of a hundred, so <laughs> we'll try. Um, I think uh, we should start small. Uh, firstly, uh, secondly, we should not be uh, afraid of change, and uh, the third thing is um, we should know that we cannot do it alone. Um, just a little breakdown on the points. Um, starting small, I believe that if you meet a hundred people, there are probably ninety-nine people who have ideas who haven't started, and only one has probably started. 
and that person stands a greater chance of succeeding or <laughs> turning whatever his idea is into a business. So start. Um, the second thing is um, don't be afraid of change. We plan a lot of things and things happen along the way. And um, I don't think anybody wants to be using the same mobile phone they were using in 2003 and 2014. So we should also embrace change when we are doing business. The last thing is um, knowing that you cannot do it alone. Um, upon all the superstar, you know, billionaires of this world, Warren Buffett and Bill Gates and so on and so forth, there's always a team that works with them and that is also very important so i hope this has been helpful right if you take us home three <laughs> things people should chew on as we wrap up on the show three things that i would like to leave with people um have been i think the the three the three lessons that have been hardest for me personally to learn so um here we go the first one is embracing diversity as strength um, and, and difference as strength. That um, so on the team, some of the best, the world's best, greatest teams will have people who look at things very, very differently. Which means that there will always be arguments. Um, whenever you come up to an argument, you have to look at it as, you know, how are differences actually leading us to a place of strength? Number two is um, hard work. Uh, you're not going to get anywhere without putting in 150% more than... Tell me about that one. And number three? <laughs> the next person. And number three is just persevere. Right. Don't stop. Right. Um, so Fred says, start small, don't be afraid of change, and don't go it all alone. Mm. And then AC says, embrace diversity and difference as strength. She says, hard work. And the final one, which you want to call the nail in the coffin, is what? <laughs> don't stop. Don't stop. And so tonight, don't stop listening to Springboard the Virtual University because next week we're going to be bringing you some very interesting perspectives as we continue to explore the new economy and find out what people are doing that we can learn from, particularly as we examine the concept of repositioning in the year 2014. We have of Comfort, Ignatius, and Matthew. God bless you. God bless you. And God bless you. Thank you to Fred and to Issy for being my guest tonight. God bless you and good night. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert and E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary conferences and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus 233-2499-9900. You may also subscribe to www.albertokran.com, amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, Always remember, you are blessed indeed.